0: Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy.
1: Welcome to the zoo. With Sex Panther and Chubby Zebra. everybody, it's that time again. Welcome to the Zoo, an early edition. We're going Tuesday night, partly because I'm going on vacation. other part is because we got a slew of games starting on Thursday. But as usual, we're here to talk college football with my good buddy, Chubby Zebra. Zebra, what's going on?
0: Let's admit it. It's because you're going on vacation. There's one, maybe two college football games on Thursday.
1: The Apple Bowl is right. a very big game.
0: Friday it kind of kicks in so this really could be done on but I get it that's all right you're, you're gonna be spending some time in the desert trying to look for retirement homes so uh it's all good but maybe have to go to work a little bit early this week but um I think I think we're in good shape
1: yeah we're in good shape short week I think we're all looking forward to it I've I've been dying for a vacation for a couple months I've I've been taking too many weekends off, running to the chip with Zebra and going to Vegas and going here and there. I go two months without going somewhere. I start to get a little antsy, so I <laughs> I am ready to skip town and hit the 70-degree weather. Let's talk about the recap. Let's look at last week. What's your take on last week? How'd you do? You
0: know, last week I had the one short favorite, which came in with Washington State, and then I took 75 points combined in the other Four games. And two of those big double digit dogs, uh, they were outright winners. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, you'll take the points, she will take the win, but man, oh, man, to be on the money line on those two. The other two, they could have been. Fifteen points added to their total, and they weren't going to come in. So had uh, three and two week, got us to twenty nine thirty and one overall, uh, just teetering right under that five hundred mark. So uh, need another three and two this week. This week to get to five hundred, maybe four and sneak out of four and one, and and get into the into the positive side of things.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm hoping I'm two games under. I went three and two last week. Ohio State. I, th- I think that look ahead week might be a real thing because them and the Wolverines. Weren't very impressive in relative bye weeks. And Notre Dame, God, man, they got to be one of the most bipolar, don't trust, can't figure out if they're great or not great week to week. I, I don't think I've got a beat on them yet. Pretty sure we're going to talk about that game this week. But, hey, we were in agreement, right? We were both on Boston College. or Well, no, we lost on that, Boston College. Were we in agreement on a game? that was? I
0: one. was on Boston College plus was the 24, 24 the or whatever it was, and they could have been favored. Uh, Forty points and it wasn't gonna work That team was terrible last week.
1: Terrible. So we're we dropped another one. So we're four and seven. When you and I agree, the uh, I've got your your slate. We're only on one game together, and you're actually on the total. So I don't think we're going to be agreeing on anything here. Um, but I guess you know. Without much further ado, we'll get started. We're starting on Thursday night, as mentioned, the Egg Bowl. You want a piece of this action, Mississippi State going to Ole Miss.
0: You know, the Egg Bowl has become as much a Thanksgiving staple in the Zebra household as pumpkin pie. <laughs> this battle, it, it's pitting two of college football's most entertaining coaches. At one point, Ole Miss was 7-0 and and had thoughts of college football playoffs, and then the SEC schedule kind of caught up with them, and they've dropped three of their last four with only a three-point win versus a lowly Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, in the past month. Jackson Dart, he's been inconsistent at best in finding wide receivers downfield with only five touchdowns in those four games. His arm strength, it is impressive, but his accuracy has diminished as the season progressed. That could be a Thanksgiving feast for Mississippi State cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, who just set the FBS record for pick sixes, getting his sixth career TD last week against East Tennessee State. Ole Miss, they allowed Arkansas to absolutely light them up last week. And with rumors flying about Lane Kiffin taking the Auburn job, possibly as early as Friday, will Mississippi State be focused? Or I'm sorry, will Ole Miss be focused? The pirate-loving Mike Leach, he can smell blood. And he's going to have the Bulldogs fired up to get some revenge from last season's loss. I think Mississippi State wins this game outright, but I'm not going to give up the two and a half points. Give me Mississippi State plus two and a half.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. That Lane Kiffin circus going on about Willie Won't he is going to be a locker room distraction. I never really know what the kids think of that with the whole transfer portal and everything that goes on now. If they're thinking about their ticket on the way to, to Auburn themselves. But you look at the recency of both these teams, like neither team has actually been playing that well. You talked about that three point win for Ole Miss against Texas AM. I mean, Mississippi State beat Eastern Tennessee State, whoopee, and had to go to overtime to beat an Auburn team to fire their coach. They got whacked by Georgia, got whacked by Alabama, and they got lost by 10 to Kentucky. And at this point, start to question whether or not Kentucky's any good anymore. I couldn't get a beat on this. I think if without the Lane Kiffin circus, I probably would be on Ole Miss at home. I think I trust their offense a little bit more, but with just so many distractions going on, I couldn't get there. So it's just a lean on the Ole Miss rebels for me. All right, next game up, we're going to be looking at the Toledo Rockets going against the Western Michigan Broncos, Toledo on the road. This was one of my darlings, uh preseason to hit their over total and, doesn't look like it's going to happen unless bowl games count. I don't think they do. Those are regular season totals. They've really tripped up in some in some spots, especially last week at home against bowling green, gave up 42 points to Bowling Green State University. And we talk about Toledo's offense being able to put up points, offensive juggernaut, if you will. Um, but last week it was the defense that just really let them down. Up until that point, they've they've been serviceable. Only the Ohio State blowout kind of stood out. Now they're going to hit the road going against a Western Michigan team that I just don't like. I mean, they're four and seven. I, I really don't know how they got these four wins. Uh, they won. They beat Central Michigan by scoring twelve points. They beat Miami Ohio by scoring sixteen points, and those are kind of their highs. They they lost to Northern Illinois with twenty one. They lost to that same Bowling Green team with nine. And got 14 against Ohio. This is an offense that really struggles to get inside that end zone. I think that just makes this an incredibly bad mismatch. I think Toledo—they've already clinched their side to get into the MAC championship. I still think they'd like to right the ship from last week. I'm going to lay the seven and a half and put my money on the Rockets.
0: Uh, obviously, with Western Michigan's offensive deficiencies, that looks like the play with Toledo being, uh, you know, an offensive juggernaut in the MAC. Again, that seven and a half, that, that hook just smells to holy heaven. I I I could see this thing ending at seven points, and everybody being on Toledo. Uh, I wish all the luck in the world, give you some moral support, but I don't know if I would touch this one. That's just a smelly line.
1: By the way, this is one of those many Friday games that you talked that you uh, had mentioned, and we've got a slew of them talking about the next game up. The, the Battle of Carolina, the N State Wolfpack taking on the Tar Heels, another Friday game.
0: You know, North Carolina had an outside shot, and I mean a real outside shot at a playoff berth. And then they proceeded to, you know, lose to Georgia Tech, of all people, last week. So now uh, their season hinges on trying to ruin Clemson's. Outside, and I mean very small shot uh, at a BCS berth uh, in the ACC title game next week. But first, uh, they've got a date with their neighbors from NC State. The Wolfpack, they've struggled to figure out their passing game following Devin Leary's season ending injury, and they've lost three of the last five. Uh, the two wins that they did have were narrow victories over a terrible Virginia Tech team and a very inconsistent Wake Forest. that was by a combined 10 points. They've scored only 30 points in their last two games, 20 of which came in a loss to Boston College, who I don't know how they're even a power five team after that performance last week. They don't deserve to be there. The (laughs) offensive problems, they've resulted in a decent defense being put on the spot week in and week out. This week, they go up against a high-powered, probably pissed off North Carolina offense that could be a deadly combination. Watch for Drake May and Josh Downs on North Carolina's senior day to have a field day over the middle versus the Wolfpack D that's missing multiple linebackers. I'm all over North Carolina minus 6.5, thinking this is going to be a blowout.
1: I'm confused. Much like you talked about that Toledo game, I'm really confused at the 6.5. Maybe maybe they think this is going to be you know one of them big rivalries that's really close, or there's that thing that I've been talking about. Every time we talk about the Tar Heels, it's North Carolina's defense. You really need the North Carolina offense to outscore their defense. It almost didn't matter who their opponent was. Like you mentioned last week against Georgia Tech, I'd argue the defense did their job. 21 points is the most points that defense have given up, I think, all season. And they scored 17. I'm not sure what happened in that game. I didn't really look at the stats to see if there was turnovers or what the deal is. Um, But they really let an opportunity for a huge, huge bowl game slip away. Now, not only do they have to win this one, they're going to have to win clump B Clemson in order to really lock in one of those big six bowl games. They should be pissed off. I think Mac Brown will probably keep them focused and have them ready for this game. It's a big game. It's a rivalry. It matters at least between these two teams. I'll give you all the moral support, but that six and a half kind of spooked me because I thought it maybe should have been a little bit more.
0: Yeah, obviously it, it should be, but when you look back on it, they they lost to Georgia Tech, you know, two-point win over Wake Forest, three-point win at Virginia. They did get pit by 18. Three-point win at Duke, three-point win at Miami. It seems like when they go on the road,
1: it's uh, that road you know, they yeah. get
0: these narrow wins. But last week was at home and completely <laughs> no, so. unacceptable. Uh, against Georgia Tech, and I and I think that they've got to right the ship uh, to prepare themselves for the ACC title game. If they come in on a two-game skid or two-game clunker, I don't know if they have a chance. So I think that Mac Brown's going to have the boys fired up. You know, there's a lot of guys who are playing their last game at, you know, on that home field. Um, I, I just see Downs in May having a huge day. So um, I, I I sure hope North Carolina does what I expect and and you know, executes the blowout.
1: I'm rooting for you. All right, next up, it doesn't get a fancy title. It's not like, you know, the Egg Bowl or the Civil War. It's just the game. It's quite simply the game. Probably, I would argue, the biggest rivalry in college football, if maybe not in all of sports. The Wolverines can hit the road, go to the horseshoe, take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. So many implications first and foremost winner moves on to the big 10 championship against who the hell knows (laughs) maybe iowa again i don't know (laughs) but uh this game you know not only is the the big stakes in the big 10 title game uh you know national title implications but the loser the losers really got something to play for here because if they keep this game close they keep this within a field goal the loser of this game still might be able to backdoor their way into the championship. You look at the way the Wolverines have played over, I mean, really the entire season. They've given up 11.7 points per game, which is you know, damn near impressive. Now, I would argue outside of the Penn State game, they really haven't played anybody. They haven't really been challenged by anybody. And outside of Ohio State, there really isn't anybody to challenge these two teams, Penn State's only two losses was to the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. You look at Ohio State, though; their defense is obviously vastly improved than it was last year. That was kind of what got them in the doghouse last year. Ended up firing their defensive coordinator. Much improved this year, but it all starts and ends with this offense. C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, you, you know these guys absolutely go out there and put pressure on defensive coordinators, defensive backs, and then you throw in a running game that's getting over 200 yards per game. It is going to be a test for this Wolverine defense to slow these Buckeyes down. I don't think they do. I think maybe they do a better job than a lot of other teams have, but I don't think this is going to be a low-scoring game by any stretch. The Wolverines offense is going to need to keep up with Ohio State. But I think Ohio State's got a sour taste in their mouth from last year. I mean, I think that was like the first win the Wolverines have had in like 15 years. Ohio State doesn't like it. They've got too much pride, too much to play for. I think they're pissed. They didn't forget. I don't like that hook. But nobody at home, when Ohio State's at home, nobody stayed within like two touchdowns of them. I think Ohio State wins this in convincing fashion. I'm laying the seven and a half and putting my money on the Bucks.
0: You know, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. Obviously, Michigan finally got a win last year. I don't know how good Michigan is. I do know Ohio State's very good. Uh, The thing that pisses me off about about this game is it needs to be on Friday night. Why is this thing at noon on Saturday? It's a four-day holiday weekend for most people. ABC's putting Florida, Florida State, of which I do have a play on, by itself on Friday night. This game needs to be Friday night. Day after Thanksgiving, 7 p.m., Standalone and have 8 million people in the country watching it. And, you know, all the women out shopping or asleep <laughs> going out at 3 a.m. by 7 o'clock Friday night. This turns into the guys' Black Friday. This game, college football, listen, this game needs to be moved to Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, 7 p.m. Eastern. Get it done.
1: I think the reason they don't do it is because I, I, I'm i an alum. I've been to Ohio state I was there for three years. They don't want this game at night with all those drunk tards out there. They'll burn the damn stadium down. They, they got a better chance. They'll still be drunk by noon, but they got a better chance of all the buildings still standing. Uh, those Ohio state fans, you know, rival like Philadelphia Eagle fans. They're, they're not the, um, the, the nicest bunch, <laughs> if you will.
0: Did you have a play? Do you have a lean on this game? No, I don't know what to do with this. Again, you got a you know a game, a touchdown, and a hook. Uh, those are those are, those are dangerous. I'm not sure what Michigan is. Um, I I think Ohio State wins the game. I just don't know if it's going to be close or or you know or a cover. I, I have no lean whatsoever. Uh, you know, hope to to be cognizant enough by noon on Saturday to to actually get up and and watch this one.
1: I think you'll be up but maybe you won't be up because you'll be staying up on the aforementioned Friday night, watching the Florida Gators take on the Florida state Seminoles. I remember 20 years ago when this was the freaking game, like this was the game to watch. Are we back? Are these teams back?
0: I don't, I wouldn't go that far, but you know, as I mentioned last week, Florida state is red hot. And I thought last week was a good spot for a letdown and, You know, grabbed Louisiana plus 24, and boy, oh boy, was the zebra wrong. The Seminoles have now outscored their last four opponents, 173 to 39. And of those 39 points, 14 were scored by Louisiana last week in garbage time. Florida, on the other hand, they've been spiraling down since opening day upset of of Utah. And last week, they lost as a two-touchdown favorite to Vandy which was only their second loss ever to the Commodores. So that kind of tells you a little bit about where Florida's at right now. They've got no identity, and they trot out one of the SEC's worst defenses against a super hot Florida State offense. Anthony Richardson is exactly the type of quarterback that Florida State has struggled against in the past, but that's changed this season Florida State's got athleticism all over the defensive side of the ball, which is going to negate Florida's offensive strength, which is Richardson's legs. Florida State can get to double-digit wins this season with a victory and a rivalry win. They're not going to let off the gas. Billy Napier, you're going to get a rude awakening to this battle of the Sunshine State. Give me Florida State. I'm laying the nine and a
1: half, and I don't even think it's going to be close. Wow. I, you know, I saw that nine and a half. And initially if you just look at it, you're like, man, that's a ton of points in a rivalry game, but you're right. When you look at Florida state's recency, I mean, and, and don't forget week one, they knocked off LSU, which we thought that might've been an indictment on the tigers. That look, look like a real quality win right now. So the Seminoles got something going and as a, just a college football fan in general, College football is better when these teams like Florida State are relevant, and I hope they're getting there and they're going to be a a double-digit team and a force going forward. I give you all the moral support on this game. I think the Seminoles do get it done. Uh, Lean on Florida State. Brings us to the halfway point. This is where Max chimes in and gives us maybe a little book club action. Max, what do you got? All right, and we're back. Next game up, we're going to get into Saturday's tilt now. The South Carolina Gamecocks on the road going to the Clemson Tigers. You know, Clemson's been basically one of the Fab Four, if you will, for about the last five or six years, making the tournament it's almost like just a given, a big check mark. But this year, even though they're only 10 and they are 10 and one. I don't think anybody's ever really been that impressed with them. The schedule wasn't all that difficult. They've been in some really close games, and the ACC hasn't been that great. They didn't even play North Carolina, so that game is next week uh, in the ACC title game. And the one big game that they had at Notre Dame, they got absolutely mocked. So I don't know what to think about Clemson. South Carolina on the other side, I mean, listen, they had a good season. They had a decent season for South Carolina standards going into the last week. Then they just l- took Tennessee to the woodshed. Tennessee's nine and two now, but they might as well be five and six because that game just ruined what was a very special season for the Volunteers. This South Carolina team doesn't have any quit in them. You know, they they got slapped around on the road at Florida. They lost to Missouri, kind of a really weird game that they played there. Um, but for the most part, this has been a pretty consistent team on offense. They've been a little suspect on the defensive side, but I don't really trust DJ Ugalele and this Clemson offense, that at least with 14 and a half points. Clemson wins. I feel very confident Clemson wins, but I think the Gamecocks keep this within those two touchdowns. I'll take the 14 and a half and put my money on South Carolina.
0: You know, I, I I like that. I like that play just for the simple fact that I don't think Clemson, they don't score that much and South Carolina, they're kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde when it comes to it, but you can't overlook what they did last week. I mean, that, that, that was just utterly impressive is what they did to Tennessee's defense. Clemson uh, yeah they they lit up Miami for 40 last week but you know so i think some good high school teams in the state of florida uh, could probably get three touchdowns on the hurricane this year Clemson's offense just is not that impressive to me um and i think south carolina will be able to hang i i, I like you i don't think clemson's going to lose because they do have the ACC title game on on you know ahead so they can't go into that on a losing note and this is a rival you know in state rivalry game but I like the I like the Gamecocks to keep it within a couple scores.
1: I like it. I like it. Next game up, this is your game, and I really can't wait to get your take on it. The Kansas Jayhawks going to Manhattan take on the K State Wildcats.
0: You know, back in the '90s when the zebra lived in the Kansas City area, he saw a couple of these Kansas Kansas State games, and they were awful. Both teams were <laughs> awful. I mean, you talk about pathetic football, and nobody in the stands. We just went to. To, to go for the simple fact that, you know, it was a cheap ticket and uh, to watch what was considered big time football, but a little better matchup this year. And since becoming bowl eligible, uh, Kansas, they've had two extremely poor defensive showings. They gave up 43 to Texas tech. And then last week, Texas hung 55 on them every week. They need their offense to bail out their defense. And it's just, You know, it's happened enough to get them to a bowl, but it's just not happening consistent enough. K-State's win last week at West Virginia, put them into a win this game, and you're in the Big 12 title game. So there's some extra motivation for the Battle of uh, the Sunflower State. Adrian Martinez missed that game, but Will Howard, he played well with 10.9 yards per attempt and two touchdowns. And regardless of which quarterback K-State throws out there this week, the advantage is going to come via via the run. Deuce Vaughn hasn't had the great season many projected, but still put up a very respectable 5.2 yards per carry and has had 30 runs of 10-plus yards, exactly what Kansas gives up. They've given up 5.5 yards per carry, and Texas hung 427 yards of rushing on them last week. Kansas, they've been good offensively this year but they rely on their ground game, and that plays right into K-State's strength. K-State is in the top 40 in almost every defensive rushing category. They're going to score enough points because of the poor Kansas defense to cover the number and get that rematch versus TCU in the Big 12 title game. I'm laying the 12, taking the Wildcat.
1: You know, I don't even know who this guy is. I don't recall you laying these kind of points. In the past, but I listen, I can't disagree with you. Kansas has lost four of their last five, and you know, you mentioned the most recent two, but even before that that huge win against Oklahoma State, they gave up 35 to Baylor and 52 to a very mediocre Oklahoma team. So their defense is as bad as, as you describe. K-State's got a pretty good defense to go with an offense that's efficient. Uh, and and takes advantage of opportunities, I will say. I don't think they're very explosive. They don't do anything special on passing or rushing. They're just very consistent. They get over 200 yards passing, 200 yards rushing, 420 for a net. I mean, that you want balance. K-State is the epitome of balance. Um, that Kansas defense, man, 452 yards per game, 30 almost 33 points per game. It does... Sound like doom and gloom for the Jayhawks. You remember, remember when they were like six and oh, we were five and O, we were talking, everybody was all talking, hyping them up. Like oh game day good?
0: showed up for their oh. game against Duke.
1: It's over, it's it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm with you. I have moral support. We're gonna lean K State. All right, next game up, Coastal Carolina hitting the road going against James Madison. What the hell are we doing betting this game? I'll tell you what we're doing bet this game. I love the line. Coastal Carolina, if you remember the COVID year, was like the little darling. Everybody was hyping them up. They were undefeated. I mean, they kind of made a name for themselves, and it wasn't just a one and done. They've actually been pretty good now for their uh, third straight year. The one loss, kind of a really a downer, a, a tripped up and fell because Old Dominion's not exactly great, but they, I mean, they fell and fell hard at home. Uh, In that game. Other than that, they've been relatively unscathed, including big wins against you know mid-major darlings Marshall and Appalachian State. And in the mid-major world, those are some huge wins. James Madison at one point got into the top twenty-five. They were ranked, and that might have been the curse because once they got ranked, they proceeded to lose three straight games, including to Georgia Southern and a pretty bad Louisville team. Uh, you know, James Madison's at home. They they're pretty good at home, but I just don't see where two touchdowns is coming into play here. If you look at their averages for the season, you know, the the points for right there, the points against right there, the yardage is right there. I don't understand if I'm missing something, a player's out or or what's going on, but coastal Carolina getting 13 and a half points seems like way too many points. I actually think coastal Carolina, could very well win this game outright. Uh, but I'm going to take that 13 and a half and put my money on the Chanteliers. You know, James
0: Madison, this is the first year they've been 1A program. Uh, they were a 1A uh, juggernaut, uh, not in North Dakota State like, but they were in the final four if you paid any attention to that on a regular basis. So to go 7 and 3 in their first year of, of 1A football is pretty impressive. This line, obviously, you know, it's it's impacted on Grayson McCall being out for Coastal Carolina, their, their quarterback that, you know, led them to that great COVID season and two more seasons since then. But it just seems like too many points. Um, I could see James Madison being favored by, you know, six, six and a half and maybe winning by a touchdown. This line tells me there's something else going on there that I didn't research. Um, I can't necessarily argue with your your logic on it, but I I think before I play this, I'd get into some very, very detailed information as to, you know, maybe injuries, suspensions, whatever it may be, because it sure doesn't look like a line that that should be.
1: I completely agree. All right. Last game up. Talk about primetime action. Saturday night, ABC, my Notre Dame fighting Irish going to hit the road. Take on the USC Trojans, who have a ton to play for. You've got to say in this game, Chubby Zebra. You know,
0: last year, my play of the year was USC Notre Dame over the total. And although the game was played in the middle of October, USC acted as if it was being played on New Year's Day in the North Pole. <laughs> guys acted like it was 40 degrees below zero. Notre Dame dominated the lackluster Trojans coming away with a 31-6 victory, and, you know, Zebra's game of the year uh, dies. Well, this is a different USC team in a different venue and a different climate this year with a legitimate shot at making a playoffs if they can get victories over Notre Dame and and the Pac-12 title game. Although ND has a good defense, USC is going to score. They can score on anyone question is, is Notre Dame going to be able to match them? Although not the greatest competition, the Irish have managed 199 points in their last five games. USC defense, they've given up 177 in their last five. And one of those games was versus Colorado. So my thinking, yeah, Notre Dame's going to be able to match USC scores. I can't come to a side on this one but I absolutely love the total for the second year in a row, but with a different result, Zebra's <laughs> play of the year, Notre Dame USC over 64 and a half.
1: Listen, I cannot disagree with that. You know, you talked about USC, that what they've done in their last five games. I mean, they put up 42 and a loss to Utah, but that could also be an indictment of that defense they're putting up 513 yards of offense, 330 in the air. Caleb Williams, the quarterback, is thrown for almost 3,500 yards. Check out this, 33 touchdowns to only three picks. That should get you noticed. I haven't even really heard his name in Heisman talks. Drew Pine has kind of been the guy ever since you know, the, the injury early in the season. And he's not flashy. He doesn't put up huge numbers. But he's smart. He protects the ball. And he's efficient. He leads the team. He runs the ball. And Notre Dame as a unit runs the ball to the tune of almost 200 yards per game. You know, you talked about Notre Dame and what they've done over the last five games against, albeit some relatively soft competition. Syracuse and Clemson were in there, but they put up 44, 35, 35, 41, and 44 in those last five games. They've got this offense clicking. It, you know, seems like. Reese finally took, you know, open up the playbook past page four and let these guys go. Michael Mayer is the guy. This is the guy that creates mismatch problems for opposing defense. He's kind of like your Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski kind of guy. He's going to be a first rounder next year's draft. And if USC can't find a way to cover Mayer, it could be a long day for that Trojan defense. In either case, you know, I I think USC probably. Probably will win it, but Notre Dame's in this game. It's it's not a no brainer. USC wins it. Notre Dame can win this game, and they can cover the five and a half. I'm taking the five and a half points and putting my money on my mighty Irish.
0: The yeah, five and a half is kind of a dead number, so I mean you're basically getting you're getting four. Uh, I, again, I couldn't come up with a side on this. I just think there's going to be points galore. You talk about the Heisman, and you might not have heard people talking about Caleb Williams for the Heisman, but people are betting it. I just opened up my app right now, and he is the favorite at minus 130 to win the Heisman. CJ Stroud's second choice at plus 110, and then the next guy's at 25 to 1. So this is a two man race. So let's look at the timing of these games Ohio State, Michigan, noon, Saturday. He's going to be able to to sit back and see what Michigan and Ohio State does. If Ohio State wins that game, they're going to win the Big Ten title. Obviously, whoever wins that game is going to. Michigan, USC, probably the decision for the committee, if TCU runs the table, is to who the number four team is. Guess what USC is going to do? They're going to trot him out. They're going to try to win him a Heisman. They're going to obviously try to win the game to get in the the BCS. This is going to be, if Ohio State wins that game, this is going to be an absolute shootout with Caleb Williams putting up video game numbers.
1: I can't disagree. I'm going to be stuck in Laughlin, Nevada, but I might have to find a sports book and sit down and spend some time watching some football on saturday it's gonna be a good weekend a fun weekend i probably will miss a vast majority of it because i'm going on vacation but uh, that will do it for i believe what is basically the end of the regular season any final thoughts chubby zebra no i mean
0: I, i i i'm actually looking forward to a full weekend of football um got got the daughter son-in-law and grandbaby coming up for a couple days so I'm gonna miss a little bit too but uh, good opportunity to introduce the the seven week old to uh, you know what happens this weekend, and and what we do, we we feast and and you know feast family and football. So, uh, good introduction for the first for for his first Thanksgiving, and looking forward to their visit, looking forward to some good games, and uh, you know hoping that you get out there um, safely and come back with some of Nevada's money.
1: That's what I'm hoping to do. All right, it's that time, the favorite thing that the degenerates love. You know, we actually we did really well last week, except for taking that stupid game that we agreed on. We should probably just make that a rule where if we agree on it, we don't take it. Boston College caught us cost us the parlay. Time to put together a parlay. We don't agree on anything this week. So what do you got?
0: Uh obviously my play of the year taking Notre Dame USC over 64 and a half. That's that's my um you know top play that I've had all season. It's my obviously my top play for the week.
1: It's like the play of the year for 99 cents a minute, kids. You guys remember those days? Chubby Zebra will give you his lock of the year. Oh, man, what do I got here? I Man. Toledo's going to take care of business. Toledo's going to lay the seven and a half, and I think they're going to take care of that. Not scoring Western Michigan University. We got to go with a third one. I like your slate maybe even a little better than mine. What do you think, Florida State, North Carolina? Which one do you think runs up the score?
0: Um, just for as hot as they have been, um, I'm thinking Florida State again. The UNC line of six and a half uh, is a little scary. Uh, their 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 road wins have been tight. Their home wins have been a little 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 wider. But I think Florida State's going to really put it on Florida. Um, you know, take take no prisoners in this game. They're thinking, uh, you know, if they can get to nine and three and And then potentially, um, you know, well, I guess that's their last game. They did; they're not making the ACC title game, but they're thinking solid bowl game and a solid season. And I think they're going to try to put a whooping on Florida this week. So, I, if you're asking me to pick the second, I'm taking Florida State.
1: I already wrote it down. So we got the over on Notre Dame USC. Toledo needs to win by eight, and the Florida State Seminoles need to win by ten. That is your chubby Panther parlay for the final week of the regular season as you guys know we're hanging out on facebook we're on twitter but mostly it's the book club and join our discord channel and get in there and you can shoot the shit with us call us out by name we'll holler right back but most importantly you're going to let us know what you did last week what you're doing this week when it's all said and done kids have a happy thanksgiving and make some money fools
0: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?